Hi there, it's Nikki. I wanted to take a quick minute to make sure you knew about our free on-demand copywriting training. Whether you're brand new to copywriting or you just can't seem to hit your income goals, this training is for you. You'll learn the three secrets to landing freelance copywriting work without wasting time on frustrating job bidding sites like Upwork and Fiverr or cold calling strangers. And if you've listened to any of the student stories on this podcast, this is the exact same training they all got started with. I'm talking about Kate Kay, who's making six figures working part-time and who just retired her husband to help her run the business. Stuart, who replaced his full-time salary with freelance copywriting work, and then some. Stacy, who hit six figures in six months, her very first year as a full-time freelancer. Ashley, who landed the in-house copywriting job of her dreams. They all started with this free training, and you can get started with that same training too. Sign up right now at freecopywritingtraining.com. Welcome to the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast, where you'll get tips, tools, and training for new and aspiring copywriters, plus a few things even the established pros will want to know. My name is Nikki Krawczyk, and I've been a copywriter for more than 15 years, writing for multi-billion dollar companies down to solopreneurs and every size business in between. The Filthy Rich Writer team and I are here to teach you everything we've learned in our years in the industry so that you can craft a successful copywriting career of your own. To us, being filthy rich means having a job you love, being good at what you do, and making great money doing it. Let's dig in. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Copywriting Business podcast. Hey there, Kate. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay, guys, today we're going to dig into a very important topic when it comes to actually getting paid for your services, which after all is a big part of actually being a copywriter, right? So the best part. The, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's the best part, but it's certainly a really, really great part. Uh, and specifically, what we're going to talk about is how you will get paid, not how to send your invoice. You, our CCA students know how to do that. It's, and it's not that difficult at all, but actually how you will accept that payment. Um, and I think that a lot of people make it a lot more complicated than it needs to be. Wouldn't you agree, Kate? A hundred percent. I think one of the best places to start is by asking your clients if they already have a process in place. Because I think before we even get clients, we freak out of like, well, logistics, how, how is this going to work out once it happens? What do I need to have set up? Am I going to be wildly unprepared to receive payment? And it's it's a rabbit hole that if we can prevent you from going down, we would like to do so today. That's what we're here for. Um, it's true. And you know, the funny thing is, is that even some of the bigger clients that I work with, I mean, like multi-billion dollar companies, they still operate by sending me a check yep. in the mail, which is so adorable. So, you know, 1996 or whatever. Um, but I do still absolutely get checks in the mail from some customers. You, you do as well, right? Kate? Yeah, I do. I have one, one that I can think of that still sends, sends a paper check. So mm -hmm. I know it's 
not the most ideal, especially when you're first starting out and you're like, I need to pay rent. I need to pay groceries. And you're trying to kind of budget when money's coming in and you know it's coming in, but when can you expect it to hit your account? And then once you get it, it takes a day or so to process once you actually get the check. So yes, it's not necessarily everyone's favorite, but it is a great way to avoid any sort of fees. Mm -hmm. There's no, you know, there's no percentage taken out, which we'll get to with other methods of payment. It's kind of, it is pretty, pretty easy, a little slow, a little snail mail style, but it's, mm -hmm. it's still effective and an option for many, many, many organizations. And yeah, to your point, it's funny that a lot of the bigger companies that you think would have direct deposit set up yeah. just don't. Well, and back in my day, when I was a young <laughs> copywriter, I would have to take those checks and I would have to walk <laughs> them down to the bank to deposit them. So all you youngins with your newfangled smartphones and you're <laughs> depositing via photo in your app, um, God, that makes it so much easier. So much yes. easier. I yes. remember I would have to schedule time to walk down to the bank and deposit all these checks. And yeah, which, you know, never a bad thing to have a lot of checks to deposit. But this whole taking a picture, so much better. If you're not so using that, that on your app, uh, on your bank app, start using it. It's the best. Yes. Um, and there are two clients that will have uh, their preferred mode will be direct deposit. They'll ask yep. for your account information. And you. I don't know about you, Kate, but I usually, the clients that I work with, I usually get um, an email notification that a payment is coming through. Mm -hmm. And then I think I want to say like a day or two later, I'll see that payment hit in my checking account, in my business checking account. Yeah, I would say half the clients I have that do direct deposit, I get that email notification, which is nice, so I can check up on it. The other half, I don't get anything and just have to kind of go through my account each month, which should be part of your process anyway, to make sure payments are hitting and things are processing and, you know, what's coming and what's going out, your bookkeeping basics, which go back and listen to the episode about bookkeeping, bookkeeping if you haven't already. Mm -hmm. That's a great point is you can't rely on any system yeah. to be taking care of your invoices for you. Even we'll talk about actual like software and that kind of thing in just a second. But even if you're using software, even if you're using, you can't rely on any of them to you just can't rely on them completely. You still need to have your, and you know, keep it, keep it, uh, keep it low key. I was going to say low tech, but you do need a little bit of technology, whether you use Excel doc or whether you use, uh, or I would recommend, um, or, or Google sheets, um, record what invoice, what the client you sent the invoice to was, what the invoice number was, what the amount was, um, what the project was, you have it all right there. And then when you receive it, put that date in, in your Excel doc so that in a, at uh, the end of the month, when you look through and you go, Hey, whoa, okay. I sent that invoice out, you know, three weeks ago and I haven't heard anything from them. I better go in and follow up. Yeah. I keep my Excel doc highlighted with the bright yellow. So as soon as I send an invoice, I highlight yellow the field of when I received it so that I know to check and make sure and fill in that date and then, you know, get rid of that yellow color once I've confirmed it's hit my account and is actually in my bank account. 
That's smart. And now I also have an additional column in there because it's so important to um, make sure that you transfer money to a separate tax account. Mm-hmm. A don't touch this. This is going to the government for taxes account. So I will have a transferred to it. Obviously, I'm not transferring all of it. It's talk to your tax preparation professionals. Again, we are not tax professionals. Mm-hmm. Talk to what talk to a licensed tax preparation professional. Um, but I will transfer. We usually recommend between twenty five and forty percent. Uh, which mm-hmm. I know people are like what? Twenty five, forty percent of my invoice. Yeah, you. If you were working on staff, you'd be you'd be seeing that come out of your payment as well. It just comes out before you get the paycheck, so you're not like. Mm-hmm spending so much more on taxes it works out to be roughly the same just when you're on staff it comes out before you get it in your pretty little paycheck but when you are yeah yeah as an aside on staff copywriters you might see salaries and you're like whoa this is so low but do the math and it's likely in in the range of of what it should be just because Mm -hmm. they're not having to having to do that depending i mean let's face it there are some people that are trying to get good work for cheap. So look around a little Always, bit. Always, yes. But um, but yeah, absolutely. So I make sure that I, as soon as I get, as soon as a check goes into my business account or a payment goes into my business account, I transfer. I personally actually like to transfer 50% of it because what happens is um, I basically force myself to do a little extra saving so that once I make the, the tax payment, that extra money in there was money that I didn't touch. And then I can take that money and use it for whatever I want to. Um, mm-hmm. But you need to make sure that you save some of every payment so that you are not caught uh, unawares when tax season comes and it's time to pay those taxes on that income you have made. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now there are um, all kinds of different software and we'll list out a couple here, uh, but there are a couple of different ways to electronically get payment. Um, Kate, I know you and I have both used PayPal mm-hmm. uh, for some of our clients, especially like our um our solo printer clients, our very little, little clients, um, they tend to be more comfortable with PayPal. Um, and I apologize if you guys can hear the, uh, hear the, the landscaping going on outside of my window right now. Excellent timing. Thanks gentlemen. <laughs> um, but we do use, I do use uh, PayPal often with clients cause it's just convenient for them. They have a PayPal account. I have a separate business PayPal account separate from my personal one, uh, but they can pay me through the PayPal account. Uh, It's probably a great time to talk about fees, don't you think, Kate? Yes, because with a lot of these platforms, if not all of them, you're going to have some sort of fee. And, you know, ranging, I think, depending on what platform you're using, between 2-3%, I would say in that range there, of the transaction price. So, I know that freaks people out of like, wait, but I, this is, this is my project money. And now I'm paying to get money that is owed me. Yes. Uh, consider it the cost of doing business. But that said, knowing that that will be taken out, roll that into your project price. So literally on a hundred dollars, that's two or three bucks. So if it, you know, you're doing a thousand dollar project, maybe it's a thousand and fifty to cover your fees mm-hmm. or a thousand twenty-five, whatever, you know, do do the math. But if it really pains you, then roll it into the project price. We do not recommend 
billing it out to your clients as a separate line item and tacking the fee onto them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to look real bad and that's not going to make them feel very good. Uh, just like you hate, you know, I'm, personally, I assume everyone else hates it too, of like booking an airline flight and then all of a sudden you have to pay for your seat and you have to pay for this. And if you want to take a bag and Mm-hmm. it's so much easier if it's just here's what I'm paying and here's it includes everything. I don't have to worry. I don't have to then tack on additional things and yeah, just roll it into the quote. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. A lot of people are like, Oh, I don't want to pay fees. This isn't fair. The fee is what you pay to this company, whether it's PayPal or whether it's another one for them to allow you to take this, uh, this payment, you know, PayPal is not a, it's not a nonprofit organization. <laughs> they need to make money somehow. You don't just deserve to have this service available to you for free. Um, and the true, same yeah. thing with all of the other software, they charge a fee because they are a business and they provide a, a service for you. Well, quite frankly, they make it so easy, right? And so you're paying for that convenience. You're paying for that ease. Do you have to accept payments via those platforms? Absolutely not. That's not, you know, it's not completely necessary, but it will be convenience for you to get that money a lot faster. And it'll be a convenience to your clients to have an easy way to pay. So take that into consideration when, when you're thinking about the charge and try to reframe it as this is a positive for both me and my business and for my clients and working with me. And you want to make it as easy as possible for them to work with you. And that includes payment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, and you guys know that we are very much uh, anti-spending money like crazy. Um, mm-hmm. We always say you have to make sure that a piece of software is going to pay for itself and then some before you commit to that piece of software. Um, so definitely do your research when it comes to payment software. But there are things like um, Wave app, I think, uh, allows you to take payments um, either, I believe, either by PayPal or by credit cards. Um, and I think Dubsado and HoneyBook and a couple other ones. Now, you do have to connect up your PayPal account. I believe you may also have to connect up um, a Stripe account. Any of those, though, will have, um, whichever you choose, do your research first. Uh, any of them will have really great documentation about how to um, create a, a credit card processing account and how to link it all up and all that kind of thing. Um, and that can be very convenient. So now if you are finding yourself uh, with a lot of clients who are saying, well, I really want to pay you by credit card and you don't have a way for them to pay by credit card. Um, I think you actually can pay by credit card via PayPal, if I'm not mistaken, or you can let a client pay you by credit card. Um, but if you have a lot of clients requesting that, it's probably worth doing a little research into the, that software. But again, uh, don't opt for crazy bells and whistles mm-hmm. and pay for crazy bells and whistles if you don't need it. If all you need is to be able to send and receive um, uh, or send invoices and receive payments or even just receive payments, then opt for that tier. Don't go crazy and going, well, maybe eventually I'm going to want to do this. And maybe eventually I add this on and add this on and add this on. Because then what's going to happen is as you scale your business, you may not need those, but you're still paying for all of those services. Yeah. And I will say after over 10 years, I had my first client in 2020 ask if I accepted credit cards. 
the first time. Granted, I I don't know if this is becoming more of a trend, I would imagine, as just it becomes more and more convenient to do that versus some of the other methods of payment. Uh, but I simply responded to them and said, hey, no, actually, I can do all these other methods. And I listed, you know, direct deposit, if you want to set that up, check, I'm fine with. Uh, PayPal, and I gave them three options, and they were totally fine with that. And they ended up sending me a good old fashioned check. And they mentioned how most of their service providers don't actually accept credit cards, which I thought was interesting. Very anecdotal. So, again, to Nikki's point, if you find yourself being asked by many, many clients, then definitely look into it. But also, don't be afraid to say, hey, here are the methods I currently accept. Any of these work for you? Um, and if they say no, then of course explore the options that you need to explore to, to work with them. But don't feel like you just because someone asks that you need to say yes, or that that will look bad. Most clients, again, as a step one, so you don't have to necessarily worry about it. As you're working on the project, say, hey, I know we're getting underway with the project, but just to, so I'm, you know, have my ducks in a row and I'm prepared. Uh, do, you, do you have a method for a system for processing payments already? If not, totally fine. I'll, I'll let you know what my system is, but I just wanted to check in and see. Uh, that way, if it's your first project or, you know, you haven't started to accept credit cards, you build yourself a little time, you know, ask a couple of weeks before the project is finally due. Um, obviously, once you've landed the client, you don't want to ask right off the bat, hey, how am I getting paid? And you haven't even started. Um, so weigh the timing of that based on your project, but give yourself that time to say, oh, okay, I need to look into this or ease your mind in that they might say, hey, here's our process. Um, and they might not give you an option for your own process, quite frankly. They might just say, here's how our finance team takes care of it. Um, and they might also have you know, a net 15, 30, 60 days, whatever it is, which simply means that's the timeline for paying. You know, some companies pay out monthly, some pay out biweekly. So depending when you send in your invoice uh, will impact that time from invoice until the payment should hit your account. Um, and then asking that, you have that idea of you can send a reminder on your calendar, say, okay, I invoiced this date, they said 30 days or they said 15 days, whatever it is, and you can go in and check your account give it an extra 24 hours just in case. Um, but you can go in and check your account, make sure that payment hit. And if not right then, you can proactively reach out to your client and say, hey, just checking in. You know, I noticed the invoice didn't hit my account. Wanted to make sure there's nothing wrong with that. Um, maybe it was that your payment got in just a day late and you're on the next payment cycle, whatever it is. But then you can figure that out before it becomes a problem or before it, quite frankly, I've had this happen where I forgot one yellow highlight in my sheet. And four months later, I'm looking and I'm like, oh, I never got that payment. It got resolved, but I had to go back and, you know, it didn't look, it wasn't a good look for me that five months after the fact, I'm, I'm chasing down a payment. Mm -hmm. um, and I was lucky I had other clients to pay the bills in the meantime that I didn't notice this one missing payment. But mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's a great point. I think the, the bigger the company, the more rigid they are in terms mm -hmm. of how they pay you out and what their payment cycle is. Yeah, I've definitely worked for companies where their payment cycle was 60 days. I almost want to say, maybe I'm just remembering it because it felt painful at the time. I almost want to say it was like 90 days. Big, multi-billion dollar long, company. Yeah. Yes, and I was doing a ton <laughs> of work for them, um, which was great because then, but it was, they would take the invoices lump them all together and then yes. pay them out 90 days later, which was very exciting to get a giant check in the mail, but also in the meantime going, I've done so much work. Where's my money? Where's my money? Yes. <laughs> 
But of course, that's also why you never want to rely on just one client, uh, especially if you have a client that has a payout schedule like that. And to your point, Kate, it's totally reasonable to ask your clients um, what their system is. You know, a, a client, as we always say, clients don't know how to be clients. Um, and they may forget to mention that, oh, this is our system and, oh, you have to get uh, you have to send, fill out these vendor mm-hmm. forms and that has yep. to go through um, accounts receivable or accounts payable, accounts payable maybe. Um, and they, through their financial team. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're <laughs> one person in our team. Um, exactly. Through their financial team. And then, oh, also there's a, a vendor payout schedule and, and all that kind of thing. So it's totally within your rights. Again, like Kate said, don't ask, you know, as soon as before you've gotten the go ahead on the project or as soon as you've gotten the go ahead. Um, but it's, it's totally reasonable to ask and it may actually like gently remind your client, uh, that they need to set up that system and get you, get you going on that, that system. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So now you know what to do and now you know how you're going to get those invoices paid go out there and generate some invoices, get some clients, generate some invoices. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us on the Build Your Copywriting Business Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute or two to leave us a five-star review. I read each one and they mean the world to me and our team. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to keep learning, follow us at Filthy Rich Writer across social media and on the site. And of course, if your interest is piqued and you think copywriting might be right for you, check out our free on-demand video training at www.freecopywritingtraining.com. Talk to you next time.